Previously on Champions of the Earth. Esmond Chong has been in a cell for you do not know how long. His hair is unkept, his skin is sallow, his clothing is filthy. He's, he's, he's real ragged and he looks up and he goes, please, please just leave. Stay quiet, dude. Avert thine eyes. It's all gonna be fine. Esmond, Esmond, can you hear me? Esmond! Over towards him. I'm I engaging my, my super fast feet, so I'm just gonna go pick him up, come back. Sure, let's say you both race yeah. toward, towards him, yeah, and just, he's hey. like, <laughs> and he kind of collapses into both of your arms, and together you kind of, you know, grab him. Mel leaves with, just right behind him with Esmond. Let's go, Esmond. Oh, yeah, God, yes, please. Oh, fuck, Christ, yes, please. All right, less talking, more walking. And he grabs your arm, like, fucking holding it tight. Don't touch me. He's, gonna, <laughs> he's not going to touch you, but he's going to stand really close, and he's going to... You're gone, too. So it's just the three of us. Getting closer. Huxley, um, I think, reaches for Martha's hand just for a second and taps... It's like a dead fish in your hands, Martha looks. That's okay. That's okay. Um, taps one thing and then gets it and lets go. Looks at Martha and looks at Olive and then looks at Hyde. So those are your parents. They disowned me when they forgot my name. I feel that. We didn't get to know each other as well as we probably should have because... You are not interested in our survival, but we had more in common than you would have thought. And you, little one, are all debt of gratitude. That fuck had to die. And you vanish in a blinding flash of light. And as if no time has passed at all, you appear, the five of you, once again, in the glen, by the waterfall, by the ranger station. Champions of the Earth. The waterfall at Bumblebee Ridge tumbles over, splashing into the pool below. Birds chirp in the woods, flitting from tree to tree. In a blinding flash of light, or five heroes, and one sickly boy. <sighs> Are we back? Like, for real, how can uh, Nico looks up at the sky. What time is it? The sun looks exactly in the same space. And it's like sun, not anti-sun. It is 100% grade A American sun. <laughs> no sky sheet here. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I look down. I, I, I look up. I look down. Yeah, I think we're back. Um, Mel looks for her phone, is, is assuming it's where she left it, and looks at it. Does it say it's the same day it was as we left? What is it telling me? It does, in fact, say it is the same day you left. And though you hadn't been looking at your phone when you left, it is the exact same time. It's um, as if moments, mere moments have passed. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we came back at, like, the same time we left. Olive is still hugging you. Oh. Just, like, gripping into her head. It has not come up from your shoulder. Hey. Hey, hey, Esmond. Yeah, oh my god. Oh. Do you... We're home. Yeah, dude. We're home! And he just throws himself into your arms. Oh, no. And he just starts <laughs> hugging you. And he's hugging... We're home!
Oh my god! Oh, oh my hey, god! Hey, buddy. Um, hey. Oh, you. Thank you. And he leaps onto you, Nico, and he hugs and you. I, and uh, Nico makes eye contact with Mel. That's like, okay, I've been better you than me, and, uh, or better me than you. And uh, yeah, just takes the hug. And it's he, okay, buddy. He's he's hyperventilating. Okay. He's he might be crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he's okay. I know. Hasn't oh, had water know. in a hey, while. Hey, Esmond. Yeah. Esmond, take a breath, bud. Okay. <gasps> What? Do you, do you remember what day it was when you left? It was homecoming. Yeah, yeah, it was homecoming. Oh, right. Is it, um... It's been a... And I, I, I sort of pull him off of me for a second and just, like, look him in the eye and, like, you know, masses off. Like, I'm just, I'm just looking at him and trying to be very straight about it. You've been in there for a little while. Is it still, is it still the year 2000 and X? Yeah, man. It's still the year 2000X. Uh, oh, it, everything's still essentially the same. It's just we don't have to go to school. It's really actually kind of a better life right now. Oh. Okay. And he kind of looks down and he steps back. And you guys, you know, he's still wearing the remnants, at least, of the tuxedo that he'd been wearing to, wearing to homecoming. Ah, oh, buddy. But then he looks at Nico in his red armor and back to Mel in her black armor. Olive in this purple lavender kind of tusked badass suit new kid in his blue in his blue digs and the all gold warrior woman whose face still is still very masked no i, I but, but hey and I, I i'm sorry i look back at martha with the mask she's she is martha's like still got like an arm around olive and you can't see her face but like like the other arm is like up against her chest and she's just like staring at you like um, whatever you could just like maybe you just hear a high-pitched anxiety and, uh, Nico just turns back to him and approaches again removes the suit from his hand and that kind of makes him flinch but okay. it's okay dude it's okay it's just it's just armor just a hand yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I, I put a hand on her shoulder you can't tell anybody what you saw today you can't tell anybody about that place. It will put them in danger. You can't tell anybody about us, because it puts you in danger. And more importantly, and I kind of get in close, and I open my eye like, this is where normally Nico would get kind of mean or like threatening, and instead he like really opens his fucking eyes and try, I'm trying to do this with empathy here. We just saved your life. The only thing you have to do to repay us is not endanger ours. It's a Nico roll. Uh, so that's a four. Look, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. I don't know what, I don't know what you are, Nico or Mel. I certainly don't want to. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. And I, I. But I mean, what if that happens again? I mean, they came for me once. I mean, what if they come again? Uh, me, like. Uh, cool. Uh, Nico. Stands up, manifests the warhammer, manifests the horns, stands right above him as tall as he can, and just goes, We'll be there. You see his shoulders kind of loosen, and I mean, you're an imposing sight, but mostly you're sincere. And he understands, and he kind of. Okay. I might know who you are, but I don't know what you are. I haven't eaten it. I don't know long. I mean, I'd say it felt like months, but then I definitely would be dead. But they were going to kill me. You walked in and they were going to kill me. And you saved me. I owe all of you anything. If it's keeping my mouth shut, if that's what you want, you got it. If it's anything, you got it. It's like super brain food power bar. Because <laughs> of course it is. And it's like smart water. Um, and she like just walks over and like kind of like boops Esmond gently to take his hands off. Because she's not even talking to him. And she just like hands it. Oh my god. Gold woman, thank you. <gasps> no god. <laughs> really good. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my god. Oh god, I never thought granola would be so delicious. It's one of the best things to eat for breakfast. And Olive has now followed the gold woman and is just feeling very small and like very kid-like 
and it's just sort of like <laughs> you get uh, you get another bar handed to you. Oh, but well, actually, <laughs> b before that, I just I, I have now picked up your cape and I'm hold like holding the ca the back of your cape, um, just like behind, like wanting to be apart but feeling very young. Uh, why don't you just wait here for like five minutes, and I'll be right back. You gonna take him over? Yeah, it'll be faster this way anyway. Oh, um, okay. Do you have a car nearby? Uh, Are you, you get motion sick? No, real strong stomach. Super. <laughs> and then we just go. And you sweep him up in his arms, and he's like, what? And then you, boom, take off running. And, like, it takes a few minutes to run, but, I mean, yeah, you're sprinting across the entire town. Choom, 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 choom. And you don't see his face because you're racing across town. But, I mean, he just got swept up in the arms of a black armor-clad woman who was pr pretty damn mean to him and is now saving his life. I roll. And I did not think this through. Your homecoming dates all of your sister. And her hair is just blowing backwards and he's just like, you saved me, superwoman. <laughs> Except he knows who she is. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then at that point, I assume we arrive yeah. at, at Beach Bay General. Listen, I totally get if you have to store this in your spank bank for later, but don't let me ever see you look at me like that in school. Oh, um, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep it to myself. Cool, because you know, you did take my sister to the homecoming dance. Uh, I would hate for her to be disappointed and let down. Here's a dice for you. Go ahead and give me an intimidation check. Uh, 14. Of course. Uh, you got it, Mel. I mean... Listen, Edmund, it was mostly a joke, okay? Like, the spank bank part, not the not fucking with my sister part. Um, I will take them both seriously. Excellent. <laughs> so I think you should go right in there and maybe, like, call your parents and tell them that oh you mysteriously reappeared with no memory of what has wait, happened to you. Wait, uh, amnesia. Yeah, okay. I can work with amnesia. Yeah. And also, listen, um, I guess I'm, I'm sorry for accusing you of doing weird shit that you didn't actually do, but let's be real, it was believable. Oh. Yeah, I guess sometimes I'm a little creepy. Anyway, sorry for the false accusations. I hope you feel better real soon. I'm gonna go now, because it's super weird and I'm done. Uh, and as you zoom, he's like, oh, okay, um, bye. And then he turns around and goes, I... I need medical attention! <laughs> As he toddles. I have amnesia! <laughs> I, I know we're not, this is an epilogue, but I want to give my chip to, to Amanda for that. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, alright guys, he's at the hospital, he's grateful and all that shit. What's he gonna tell them? He has amnesia. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, man, I... Uh, and it, it, It's at that point now, like, having the sort of, like, mission, having ended that, like... Nico does actually kind of like, ex like, like exhale a second. He's like, "Yeah, man. Fuck, I'm really tired." Huxley's being pretty quiet, but yeah, he, wants, he wants to go home. Is Martha taking off her mask yet? Um, not until Mel gets back. Okay. And actually, and actually, still no. She's like, you can tell she's like, she's just like kind of like half turned into Olive, and like has just been kind of holding her breath until Mel comes back. Okay. <sighs> okay. Tomorrow. I Sagan. Oh, do we have to? I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, he's kind of a drag. The Rose. One of them can't be trusted. That's still unresolved. Hyde's mistress is... And we, still and we believe him? It doesn't matter. There's still someone pulling strings. And I already... Okay, I just... I'm, okay, yeah. No, I know, I know. Tomorrow. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. That's why tomorrow. What? I said, and you already what? Tomorrow. Oh. Uh, I already put my blood on it. Yeah, we wasn't the best out. idea. Uh, Nico looks a little shook at that, though he doesn't know why or for what reason. One step at a time, we survived. I cost a gun then. I cost a gun. But we got out, we got Esmond, and we <laughs> did it. So. And we didn't kill that stupid bird. That is amazing, man. I was pretty sure that bird was gonna. I look over to Huxley, like, like just kind of like laughing. I really thought that bird was going to eat it before we got out of there. 
Or I thought I was gonna kill the bird. <laughs> you mean he had, uh, Yeah. He had some shit. Sorry. He had I... some shit parents. Oh man. Huxley depowers. King Club. <laughs> Huxley depowers the suit. Just needs it off. Uh, and is gonna is just he's gonna walk back. He starts walking back just yeah. as Huxley. Yeah, Nico, Nico does the same thing when he says like join the club and he walks back. I, I walk past Mel and um I, I sort of like reach for your hand like let's walk back together. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll depower. Is your dad? When time does your dad get home? Oh man, he, he's like always home. But trust me, he will not mind if we just like come back. You want to stay at my place? Yeah. And hey Hux. Hux uh, Huxley stops. Uh, are you going home by yourself? Where are you? Are your parents home? I drove you all here. I'll drive any. I mean, people can go home however they want, but. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, do you want to be by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mel, Mel's kind of takes people at their word, so. Alright, dude. See you tomorrow. Nico doesn't totally, so he, like, kind of lingers on this. He's having a lot of, like, okay, everybody's had some fucking haunting shit happen to them on this thing. Um, still fidgeting with your cape, even though you're close. I'm, uh, like, it's a nervous, like, ki- like, kid chewing on their hair at this point. Um, just, like, fiddling, because you're all walking away now, yeah. and she desperately wanted, like, a group hug or something. Like, she wants physical affection from her friends, and, like, she wants to make sure that everyone's okay, because we just did this horrible thing, and this big, epic moment together, and processing that alone seems insane to her, and, but also feels the absolute need to be alone at all costs. Like, the, the conflictingness of, like, everyone together, and also, no one look at me. Like that insane, you know, teenageness. <laughs> and so I think Martha's gonna see you like fiddling with her cape, and she's gonna kind of like half smile at it, and then she's gonna like put a hand on your hand, like not <sighs> grip it. She's, and then she's yeah. gonna take. Like, she's gonna like. That's the first time she's broken eye contact with the group walking yeah. away. She's gonna kind of look at you and then go like a deep breath and go. <sighs> and like the suit's gonna come all the way down. And like you can tell, like at this moment, like Martha, like it's like it's like almost a disappointment because like the suit was powerful, and like now yeah. now she is just very short, and <laughs> um, I know that's like so awkward and so intense, and she's gonna kind of like take your hand and start walking with everyone else, uh, like trying to catch you up, mm-hmm. but um, and then she's actually gonna kind of drop your hand, like but like pat you, but then like. I'm still in full regal suit. Of fidget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to be like I. You're a really good friend, Olive. You're like. A, you're. Cool. But you're more than cool. You're Olive. And. Whatever that is. I want to be friends with it. And I don't want it to be weird. And I want to have adventures and do all this with all of us and that matters more to me than a stupid crush so I want you to know we're friends first and and most importantly and whatever else forget it right or not but <laughs> I'll just kind of snaps to a little bit um, and like grabs your hands and uh, and looks at you and just says your friendship's been real to me it's not one-sided okay yeah yeah uh, yeah Huxley's way ahead at this point he turns around and he sees what's gone on nods a little bit and just keeps walking like I think sees everything yeah. and just keeps walking. And then, like, yeah, think- Hux is our ride. Come on, let's catch up. Um, and so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to start down the mountain. And as you make your way down the mountain, um, is everyone getting a ride with Hux? Or yes. are you guys going to walk? I think we're going to walk. Gonna walk. Okay. Martha takes shotgun, then. Okay. Okay. Um, I am full just laying down in the backseat. <laughs> <laughs> Feet once again out the window. 
Not this time. It is more of a fetal position. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> like, folding I want yourself. To take the longest nap of my life. Folding in your the back of the car. Folding your tall body into the back seat of Hux's car. Martha hopping in the dry in the passenger side. And actually, side. I'd like to say the reason that we don't get in the car is that. Not because we don't want to be with the rest of the crew. So, like, yeah. we, we walk back, we see the rest of the car. Uh-huh. And then, I labradored in the back seat and you went, we'll walk. <laughs> yeah, literally. I, I, turn, I, I, I turn to Hux and I go, mm-hmm, we'll walk. Yeah, he's good with that. He's good with that. He gives Nico a nod in particular. And, and then Martha rolls down the window and she's like, she looks at like the two of you and she like nods and then she goes, thanks for taking care of Esmond. Yeah, no problem. Let's just start the car. This is, uh, see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Hi, everyone. This is Jesse, and I'm here in the middle bit. I am by myself right now. I wish this was all a joke, and I wish I could pretend to make Colin appear like in the old days, but, uh, no, it's just me. We are locked down. (laughs) We've been doing physical distancing. Um, Colin and I and some of our colleagues have taken to saying physical distancing instead of social distancing, because honestly, being socially distant is going to make our souls as sick as our bodies could maybe get. Uh, And we don't want that. So the entire cast of Champions of the Earth wants to take this opportunity, and I'm just going to say it for everyone, uh, to say that we hope this finds every single one of you our wonderful fans and listeners healthy and safe and doing the best you can to stay hopeful out there and doing the best to stop touching your face because that's hard. As uh, someone was saying to me just the other day, I can't believe how much I love touching my face. I can't believe any of this is happening. Anyway, so hello. After far too long, we took a hiatus ourselves uh, to deal with some life events, especially me. I have had some life events, um, and combined, it made it very hard to stick to the old schedule, and I had to take a step back to care for myself. Uh, But this is a life event that we are all sharing, globally. Uh, So the rest of it can wait. Uh, we, We all care for each other now. And we're back. Uh, we had some episodes in the can from before this pandemic took hold, and I'm going to release them as soon as I have the time to finish another one. So the schedule is going to be, I finished one, it comes out, uh, God willing, that's sooner than two weeks, but it's probably going to be about two weeks. Um, and I will do this as m- for as much content as we've got that I managed to get out before all of this happened. And when I run out of pre-recorded episodes, if this is still going on, we will find a way to entertain you further. We promise. Uh, Colin and I need another week or so to get our feet out from under, or to get our feet under us, um, and then we'll have more updates for you. Uh, We are very fortunate right now to still have our jobs, even though our jobs are now um, virtual over the internet. Uh, but it's hard, and we've never done anything like this before, and it sucks a little bit. Or it's it it's a lot harder than it was to do our jobs in person. Uh, so yeah, we'll have more updates for you soon. This is funny because I'm just going to tell a story for a second. I got into the idea of doing radio drama because maybe 25 years ago I got this Christmas gift of a set of cassette tapes, um, and it was Orson Welles and Bill Johnstone as the Shadow. And it was maybe like the most exciting, most wonderful gift I could have been given. The stories were scary and they were funny and bizarre. And the way they made it all seem real in my head made me like fall in love with the stories, fall in love with the genre, want to do something like that someday. Uh, And what really fascinated me, though, more than the rest of that, that, though, um, was that these particular tapes still had the ads in them. Um, and the little news updates and all those things. Sometimes they cut those things out, but this set of tapes had them. And they preserved all of it. 
And when I branched out into other shows because I liked The Shadow, there were like more more ads and more products and all these new little news bumpers. Um, and the thing about it is, is that the golden age of radio was the 30s and 40s primarily. So what ended up happening was I heard history like playing out through ads for goods that were rationed during wartime or, or for the necessity of having coal to survive a long winter or public service pleas to donate blood to the Red Cross or how to support troops overseas. And it was strange to hear these artifacts like welded to this content. And it was so much more like a time machine to hear what people were going through on a daily basis than anything that I got in any history textbook. And global war left this scar across an entire culture. And some of that was these like literal grooves in a wax cylinder that were there for all time and became this glimpse into how everyone who might be listening was suffering or was nervous or was afraid or uncertain. And at the time that they were recorded, they couldn't possibly imagine that like this kid 50 years later, 60 years later was going to be sitting in his bedroom safe in the 90s, which now seems like the safest possible moment to have been in, listening to these and trying to understand what they were going through. And it kills me to a degree that our own radio drama is going to carry one of those scars now. But if you're listening at some point in the future, if you found these stories and you can hear my words and we're all long gone and COVID-19's lockdown is just a page in a history textbook that you, let's be honest, will never get assigned because no high school world history course has ever gotten past the Vietnam War. But if you're listening from that future, hello, it is early days here. None of us knows enough, uh, except that we're supposed to just sit here and shelter in place in our homes and pray that someone we put in charge is making the right calls, praying very, very hard in some cases. And if you're listening while this is happening right now, well, uh, we're all champions now. Colin's not here. I won't have to tell you to have yourself an adventure. This is not an adventure. But have yourself some hope. We're still here. And our story is not over yet. My love to you all. Stay strong out there. Wait, 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 uh, the breastplate was on Esmond. Yeah, the breastplate was on Esmond. Fuck, yeah. The knife, yes, it all came through. I just um, assume we took it off. Yeah, I did, yeah, I did yeah. not no. send him. With oh, you didn't say that! Oh, he fuck walked him. in there wearing, no, fuck you! No, yeah, <laughs> I have amnesia and a breastplate <laughs> from a fantasy world! He's just dehydrated. He was LARPing and he got yeah. to <laughs> <laughs> Turned around, got lost. Yeah, he was LARPing in, by Bumblebee Ridge. Uh, LARPing in full metal armor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, all right, so, yeah. Um, Are we sticking with the car? Yeah. Okay. Car. Uh, yeah, the, the unicornium goes the unicornium goes in the back seat, in the, in the trunk, uh, carefully, I think. Is there anything else in the trunk, Huxley? <laughs> Dead parents. Just, you know, <laughs> the, the trunk is empty, okay. except, yeah, yeah, the, the trunk is empty. And as Huxley uh, puts the unicronium away uh, safely in the trunk uh -huh. of his car, climbs into the driver's side, backs the car up, and drives off towards the late afternoon of Beach Bay, you all return to what seems to be regular life. I got more. Yeah, sure. Um, like in the in the car ride back, like it's just I assume like once again drop all of off sure and uh, half-heartedly but means it entirely but also doesn't know if you'll say no and maybe hopes you say no but doesn't know either way um, before she leaves just says if you want to sleep over you can come in too to the two of you if you don't want to be alone Martha's gonna do whatever Hux does yeah um Huxley turns around and he, he, he looks at Olive and I think we haven't had like 
a lot of deep moments since any of this like sort of started. Like, you've been through a lot. Uh, I'm used to being alone, but if you want company, that's cool. Like, we'll help. Okay. <laughs> let me, let me, um, let me run ahead, and I'll warn my mom and 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 Mark, and and we we have we have a couple spare rooms if we want to be alone. Um, we can we can have our own like safe space. Um, I'll 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 have Mark make up the room, and she just runs into her house. <laughs> uh, so we got a minute in the car. I was gonna look at you, and she's like, "Hey." Yeah, uh, Huxley's like, I, yeah, I, no, ordinarily, I, I don't have much of an appetite right now, to be perfectly honest, and he's looking, yeah, gray, for the most part, and, uh, like, he looks, he looks out the window, like, to see, like, if, if Olive's coming back yet or not, and then he, like, looks at the steering wheel, and he looks back at Martha, you, you should stay, and he nods, and he's like, I will, I will. Like, you know, for a while. Like, I don't want to, like, freak out her parents. But, I mean, and I want to make sure, you know, you guys should... You guys should have some time, too. Oh. <laughs> um, hey. What did you want to tell me? You, you tapped it out earlier in my hand, and you didn't say it in front of everyone, so I figured it wasn't a hide thing. Huxley takes a long think about this, and he looks to see if Olive's coming back yet, and... Not quite. I am no. not. No, okay. Um, I have two separate parents to ask permission from. We could also... Can it keep? Or do you need to do it now? There are two things. And so he, he looks like he's about to say one of them. And then he doesn't. He says... I think one of them can keep for... <coughs> keep for a while, but... I do have something I need to tell you, and I don't know if I can tell everybody just yet, but uh, I don't know, the bird and the rose and all that, uh, you should know that my parents aren't home, and they won't be coming home. Okay. And you can like, tell, like, Martha wants to ask 90 follow-up questions. Yeah, and he's just like... But she, but she's, and she just keeps it in, she's like, okay, well, you can... Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell you, I didn't tell anybody like the whole truth about that. I'm worried that you guys are gonna think I'm the one who can't be trusted, but my parents are, aren't in the country. They're not coming home anytime soon. They're not, they're, I'm never gonna see them again. And he looks wrecked. And then, like, I think Martha just, like, unclicks the seatbelt, like, gives you, like, a big hug, like, over this fucking steering wheel and everything. <laughs> and she goes, I trust you with my life. I meant it back in the bar. Whatever it is, Huxley, whatever's going on, like, I trust you. There's a lot I want to tell you. But let's, we got to take care of our friend right now. Yeah, Olive nearly married a bird. Yeah. And then, like, I think they... Olive is already wildly running out. Uh, um, we made it just in time for dinner. Um, there's, we have a really good um, spread. I think you're going to like it. Um, uh, yeah, come on inside. Great. And then I'm and just, just, just listing like, all of the for food. the lavender scones. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I think it's, like, I don't know, we, need to, we don't need to RP it, but yeah. it's, like, nah. the next... Like basically what happens, like at least like Martha's like is like Operation Distract a Cat. She is like now trying to emotionally manage Huxley and all the best she knows how, which is just like a constant bombardment of like, well, this is a funny thing, and we could watch this, and we could do that. It is like it is like she is planning every moment, and then like but if you need to talk, but if we don't need to talk, but like like it is she is. And and Olive's, Olive's mom, who is traditionally the more high energy and chipper person, even is even kind of like. This girl's a little much. <laughs> um, while the movie, whatever movie we put on is happening, nothing fantasy. Yeah, no. And this is like a documentary <laughs> or Pelican something. Pelican Brief. Yeah, some very normal. Oh, the uh, legal system. No, I actually vetoes <laughs> yeah. it. Like, um, Olive 
is gonna run upstairs to her bedroom just really fast. Hesitates before opening the door to her very fantastical bedroom. Yeah. And s takes a deep breath and like, cause she kind of wants this moment before she goes in with everyone or at least a couple people um, to like prepare herself for it. And turns the knob, takes a deep breath, opens the door and like looks at everything from afar before she crosses the threshold into her bedroom. Kind of taking in the, not only the, you know, the, the fairy lights yeah, that she's testing Yeah, literally fairy lights yeah. all over her bedroom. And she doesn't take them down, but she takes the bed sheet off of her bed and like goes over to her bookshelf that has like all of her like most cherished like magical things like her books and her wands she's made from trees and things like that nature and just sort of drapes it over it centers herself and then goes back down and shuts joins, the door joins the cuddle puddle on the couch <laughs> yeah awesome meanwhile across town um, Nico and Mel have had a pleasant late afternoon walk yeah, I, I honestly, like, unless you have a strong objection, I feel like they just walked pretty much in silence, trying, however unintentionally, just to look like a normal couple walking home. Yeah. Nico, uh, by the time you've gotten out of the woods, it sort of regaled you with the whole, like, weird way that he and Hux tricked the bird, which he's, like, very proud of because it was, like, a really smart thing to do and he, like, doesn't normally do smart things. So he's, like... At, once he's done sort of telling you that, uh, he's less concerned with appearance more than he does seem to kind of get quieter. Like, he, he, he finishes talking about it, and he's kind of up about it for a little bit. And by, by the time you guys get on the road, the silence is maybe half us being like, cool, silence. And the other half is him clearly being a little, if not distracted, just like moody. From Mel's perspective, she's just like desperately wants something to be normal for yeah. a little bit. While, and and is like kind of uncomfortable with how big everything is, is looking forward to getting somewhere where it's more controlled and like a smaller space. So she's just- Speaking of which, I opened my garage. Did the um, garage first. Is your dad home? He's home, right? Yeah, 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 he's do we, probably home. Do we need to say hi? No, he's fine. Oh good, okay. Uh, as long as he hears something coming from the garage, she's gonna be happy that I'm home. And then, so Mel just like shuts the door of the garage. Man! I punched the shit out of that guy. Did you see that? Yeah, that was... <laughs> I like your quip. Thanks! Yeah! I mean, he was a bitch. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was... Man, I don't know. I... You know, it... Uh, probably gonna sound stupid. Just don't laugh at me. Um, It just... Yeah, I promise. It just... It felt, like, good to do something well, you know? Like, do something that actually helped. It was, I don't know, I don't know, just whatever. Um, no, 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 hey, hey. And uh, Nico kind of, like, gets a little closer. That's important. You were awesome out there. Uh, yeah, so I think she just kind of, like, is getting a little uncomfortable. She just kind of looks at you and puts her hand on your chest pushes you onto the couch and just starts taking off her clothes and is going right at it. Uh, oh, hey, hey, um, hey man, uh, no, it's, uh, that's... What? What's wrong? And, uh, like, and Nico kind of, like, he, he backs up off the couch a little bit, um, and, like, he's, he's still on the couch, but his, he's sort of, like, his feet are up. Um, he's like, hey, uh, no, it's just, um, uh, like, we just went through, like, a lot. I know, that's the point. No, I know, and, and you were awesome, and it was awesome, and like... So let's be awesome together. I'm... And uh, what, he kind of shuts up and like moves over to the side of the couch and like closes up for a second. And then he looks up at you, and when he looks up at you, he looks... He is, it's that like look that he gets where he's like five years younger, and he looks a little frozen. 
Um, which is especially awkward because at this point, yeah, like you like don't have your shirt on or something. So he's like, it's it's it's, it's but he it's almost like he doesn't notice. And he, so he gets up and he walks over to his drum set and he sits at the drum set and he's just looking at the drums. I don't want to offend you because you're really hot, but you're also really cool. And I really like you, Mel. But uh. We just watched some people die. And I've never seen that before. I guess I've been around it. And I've been talking a really big game. And then he looks back up at you, but I'm scared. I don't feel awesome. I feel like I froze, and I might have let you guys down. And I made you do all the punching. I just, can we? And he stands up. And walks over to you. Can we just, um, I don't know, like cuddle? Uh, yeah. Um, sure, that would. I don't know, I've never really done that before. Yeah, it's Usually a... it's just, you know. Just while you're saying this, like, initially, of course, she's like doesn't know what to do because no one has ever turned her down before <laughs> like it's not uh but not in a like like offended way just sort of a like huh very out of her depth not really sure what to do so she's gonna latch right on to the let's do your suggestion of let's do something else and she's like oh okay uh, but okay. just to be clear, that's totally on the table for later, right? Uh, and Nico has gone across the room to um, a CD deck uh, that he has, and there's like a bunch of like CDs next to it. Uh, and he he pulls out and he goes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's gonna be more of a like uh, like a. And he pulls out a Tool CD and he's like, it's gonna be more of a like this night. And then he like flips it to the other side, but then he pulls out a uh, you know, it's probably like a fucking Mogwai CD or something. But he like he pulls out some like other band Sono or something and he like puts on the CD he's like this is more chill and he puts it on yeah and it's all good he picks the right music for the occasion yeah no I, I, I was following I, that I yeah, was following I feel, that I, I was now like, I'm irritated I feel like okay you're gonna chill it's 2000NX you wanna chill with a girl you wanna chill with a girl but you're chill. into metal you're probably listening to Boris Massive Attack maybe Maybe it's a massive attack CD, which is actually kind of embarrassing right, yeah. um, for him to share with him. So yes, uh, no, okay, great, yeah. So he turns back, and he goes, yeah, yeah, that'll be more of like a tool night, but um, and then he turns back to you kind of embarrassed. He goes, do you like massive attack? Probably. Yeah, all right. And he clicks it down and then, okay, we can, um, and he, he reaches, he's like, he's like grabbing a bunch of blankets and he turns around and he goes, yeah, 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 like totally. Just, um, yeah, yeah, I'm just, all right, all right, fine. Okay. I just... And he uh, he li he lies it down. He, he lies down a, a a big like blanket uh, on the ground. Like there's like a little area that looks like he just like lies his blanket down all the time when he sleeps. It's a um, it's a uh, it's a Motorhead concert blanket. Hell yeah, it's a Motorhead concert <laughs> blanket. That's been probably used at dozens of concerts before. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Um, I I, I lay it down on the ground. I'm like, uh, the concrete's kind of cold. Um, but um, but like. I don't know. If we share one, we'll probably be all right. Do you want me to put my shirt back on? I mean, no, that's all right. <laughs> His breathing slows. He just sort of like sighs and uh, is very calm. And just uh, like wraps his arms around uh, Mel sort of like from behind and they... And she definitely stays awake for a little bit longer than you because she's just like pondering the just actual actual absurdity of what is going on right now. Um, and Mel, yes. while you may have had sex with a lot of dudes before, this is the first time you've ever slept with a man. Yeah, I know. We kind of already laid that <laughs> down. <laughs> that was no, insane. Come on. It's a good line. I love it. That was the whole point. Oh my god. Okay, and then eventually, yes, falls also falls asleep because sweet lord being in fairyland is exhausting. Like, I'll Mark? explain the bed things. Yeah. So we have a guest bedroom. Yeah. Um, there are two twins. It's just in case, it, like, you know, if there's friends over or, like, I yeah. don't know, parents come over and they want to be, I don't know. 
It's it's a hotel scenario. Yeah. There are two beds in this guest room. So the beds have been made up, and Olive has also made uh, blanket piles because she doesn't know if you want to be... She's, she's giving you the option of if you want space, you have space, and if you want to be in a room and not necessarily talk, you can be in the same room. If you want to be in the same room and talk... She's giving all of the options uh-huh. because she doesn't know what anyone else is feeling, and she doesn't know what she's feeling. So she has done all of the things. And you guys have noticed that, like, as the movie was going, like, Olive keeps kind of getting up and then going and doing something, and then uh-huh. coming back, and like she's very, she's giving off a lot of nervous energy, but is still playing it cool. Mm-hmm. Huxley's stress response is usually to get very sleepy, <laughs> unfortunately. So like, as the movie started going on, he's kind of like half out like he's been like running pretty hot for a while and is the only one who also didn't sleep in the giant's rest and yeah. is mm. I don't think any of us did no we slept in the dirt afterwards yeah. oh yeah Nico slept oh yeah, oh, yeah. Nico, Nico slept, slept. Yes, Nico slept <laughs> and Hyde slept so Martha's just like paying very close attention to the film and like watching both of you like this <laughs> like also but taking detailed notes because what if you guys like want to know what happened in the movie I should know it I should pay attention <sighs> Woo! Okay. Um, right. Uh, out of curiosity, the one thing that I would be paying attention to is where does Mark and Lily Lily want us to sleep? Where does Mark and Lily want us to sleep? Like, where where are the parental authority figures expecting us to sleep? Yeah. Because Huxley's a boy. Huxley has realized that also, and he remembers that. Uh, so he's sort of like the movie, like credits, credits, credits roll, and he sort of like snaps up. Yeah. Like, Realizes what's yeah. sort of going on, and he remembers yeah, that. Yeah, what are what is Mark doing? Because this is also the boy that picked me up for right. homecoming. Huxley remembers that this was not necessarily cool when he like peered through the window. But we've been a guest for dinner. We've had the we've done the pleasantries. Yeah. He's done the usual charm thing. So yeah, Lily and Mark have been kind of cutting eyes at each other. They've been living, living, peeking in, or yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh huh. So uh, trying to figure out what the three of this is. Uh, no, right. you can definitely assume that that our baby's conversa- following in our footsteps, honey. <laughs> There's definitely been some conversations going on in the other room as they kind of figure this stuff out. Yeah, and Martha's uh-huh. like high key aware of all of that because she. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear in particular, you kind of hear Lily's kind of high pitch yeah. lilting, then a, a lot more of that than Mark's kind of lower rumble, uh, and then the. Huxley's credits- gonna go upstairs to the guest bedroom. He's gonna eat. He, he thanks. He thanks he thanks uh, all of his parents for letting him stay over. My parents aren't back yet. He manages mostly like less convincingly than maybe before, but mm-hmm. like everything that's going on with the school, like I appreciate it. It's just it's a big house to be by yourself in, but I'm pretty I'm pretty beat. So I'm gonna say goodnight. I'm gonna thank you. And he's gonna go up to the guest bedroom to sort of just diffuse the And he, as you're kinda leaving Mark actually looks over at Olive. He's like, your um, friends, guests? Huxley and Martha. Huxley and Martha. Olive, they can sleep wherever they'd like. They're your friends. And we trust you. Thanks, Mark. Poor Mark. <laughs> oh, that was so cool of Mark. Uh, but yeah, I think in general, like Huxley's a good kid for the most part. Like, uh, he doesn't want to cause any trouble in the in the house, so he's he's getting he's getting ready. Yeah. Jimmy jams. Did not have any Jimmy jams. I guess Mark Mark loaned you some Jimmy, Jimmy jams. jams. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're big. They're like his. You know, there's like University of Michigan Jim jams. He's just wearing his shirt. Yeah. We have metal j- pajamas. <laughs> like, you know, dope, fey, glowing pajamas. No, Huxley does not want to put on uh, the, yeah, the... Yeah, don't want that shit touching you right now. Um, so I won't put on any of that. No, he's, I think it's just, he's, he's in a shirt and his boxers. It's, you know, that, that's the nice thing about being a guy. You're half, you're, you're, you're half in pajamas all the time. Space, no space. Be right next door, or I can be in the tent wherever you need me, and I can get Huxley in here too if you need him to. <laughs> yeah, I think Hux might need some company. Yeah, um, 
Maybe company. I think I would like company. I'm... I have a lot of... I dream. I have a lot of dreams. They're normally really nice. I'm scared those dreams might not be so nice. Well, then we'll be there. Let me just go check on them first. Okay. Olive just sort of sits there like about to cry to herself, but like not showing it, just sort of concerned. And just kind of obsessively like nodding at you like, okay, whatever, yeah, okay. And then like Martha's actually gonna like very much like a mom, like kind of like put a hand on your shoulder and like be like, come on. And she kind of leads you up to your room. Like, like tucks you in almost that like, you can see some of the relief start to, the tension in Olive's face is loosening at that comfort. And then like, she looks and she remembers the stuffed animal you slept with. Because like, of course she does. And then she looks at you and she's like, this is my first night without sunflower. <laughs> and like, hands you the stuffed animal and she's like, I'm gonna go get hugs. And then we're not gonna have any nightmares. Or if we have them, we're gonna have them together. I think we've already established that. So many snaps. Yeah. Oh. Holy shit, that was cool. And then, like, she locks eye contact with you at that. That's, this is, that. She now feels safe to go to sleep because she knows she'll be there. You'll all be there. So she takes the stuffed animal and like places, not with her, but places it next to her like a little guardian. <sighs> and then lays back. And then Martha, before you go, I squeeze your hand. And she's like, <sighs> and like she puts on like the way takes like changes real fast the massively oversized olive PJs. <laughs> yeah, which are They're now like dragging on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like like on the guest room door. No immediate response. That's okay. She just goes in. <laughs> Champions of the Earth is created and DM'd by Colin Kelly and produced an audio designed by Jesse V. Hill. Featured in the cast were Amanda Powers as Mel, Jackson Lansing as Nico, Gina DeVivo as Olive, Marcy Campos as Martha, and Jesse V. Hill as Huxley. Our original theme music is by Stephen Gissy. Champions of the Earth is proud to be part of the Nerdsmith Network of Shows. During the COVID-19 crisis, the Nerdsmith creators are working hard to come up with new and entertaining ways to pass the time with you. Point your browser to nerdsmith.org and follow at WeAreNerdsmith on Twitter. We here at Champions don't have much swag to give away while we're in lockdown, but if you want to talk to the cast, tweet at ChampionsCast, and you never know who might respond or what we might be up to. You are invited to be a part of it. Champions of the Earth will return. Stay strong out there.